Welcome in everyone, another edition of the Equally Responsible Opinion Show. Dog, it's literally two <laughs> niggas on the couch right now. We are literally on the couch, and not to sound like too flamboyant. What if we said two brothers on the couch? Two brothers on the couch? Boom, it only took us 33 episodes <laughs> to figure that out. This is our Larry Bird episode. <laughs> like, yeah. I love this. This is TBOC. <laughs> two brothers on the couch. Two brothers, see, that works. Uh, but here's the funny thing. I don't want to get too fancy, but we're actually sitting on the couch doing some daiquiris. Uh, you know, it's not fancy. Oh, look at that ring you got. <laughs> if you guys watch our YouTube page, you can see I've been doing a couple drinks on there for uh, the James Bond movie and Twitter and Twitter and Instagram, like all that. If good you stuff. were following us, you would know this already. Exactly. And if anyone's a bartender or mixologist, please take a look to make sure I'm doing it right. Because if not, I feel like I would look really stupid. Uh, but we got a lot to get to tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got NFL coming up. We got the NBA with their vaccine mandates, and we got a lot of good news here in Southern California. But let's start with NFL, Victor, because, you know, it is the we biggest sport. And we just finished watching the Jacksonville Jags and the Cincinnati Bengals, uh, you know, two number one overall picks. You had Trevor Lawrence, the number one overall pick this year, and then Joe Burrow, the overall pick last year. Joe Burrow and the Bengals at home winning a kickoff, or excuse me, a field goal, 24 to 21. Victor. That was a good game. Won't yes. talk much about it because, hey, Jacksonville, you were up 14 points. <laughs> you got spotted 14. As I walked in, I was like, they're going to lose this game. They're going to lose this game, first <laughs> thing you said. But what's the biggest thing you're looking forward to in NFL week four? You already know I'm looking forward to Monday, man. <laughs> I'm looking forward to uh, the Chargers um, the Chargers slash home slash away game they're having. Oh, this is going to be their first true, like, home game. And this is – Oh, no, I take that because even the Cowboys showed up a lot when they play. The best part is this is a, a glimpse of what's going to happen – for the next, well, let's say they sign at least for 20 years. For the next 20 years, this is what's going to happen in th- this one game. I think the funny thing, too, is this is how it's going to be, not only for the rest of the year or rest of the time, as you said, 20 years that the Raiders come. They still got to play the Chiefs. They still got to play the Patriots. Still got to play the Broncos, Browns. Like, there's going to be a lot of teams that travel to L.A. So, if you believe in what Dean Spanos believes of, oh, I'm just sitting here, like, you know, making money, not really caring, like, who's buying tickets – that's got to weigh on the players because, let's be honest, when you played against the Cowboys, you could be 3-0 if you didn't lose that game. And that was definitely a pro-Cowboys like yeah. game. Um, but there's a lot of things that we got forward to looking to in week four. So you got Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Bucks. They're going to go to New England, Foxborough, Massachusetts, where he'll take on uh, Bill Belichick. Of course, like we know the history there, Brady versus Belichick. Can't wait to see that one. Cardinals, Rams, that's going to be a good one. Whoever wins this could be in control of the NFC West. And, yes, it's early. But Yes, it's early. Every game matters. Every game matters. Because we saw last year in the NFC West, it went down to the final week. Uh, I also like Ravens-Broncos. Are the Broncos for real? Or they, have they just beaten up on They're worthless teams? <laughs> and then Steelers-Packers. So, let's just divulge into that first one. I mean, what are you expecting from Brady versus Belichick? Is this Brady Listen, basically giving Belichick the middle finger? As much as you know how much I, I hate Tom Brady. He is about to put a shellacking on the Patriots. <laughs> I think, because first off, this game means two things. For one, obviously this stat is like, it's a very skewed stat, but like, it's a fact. He'll be the first, what, what, one of only, what, five people? Only one of four people if he wins. A starting, I'm, I'm sure there's probably other like regular-ass players that are regular teams that won, but they don't consider it well, no, it's, starters. It's, no, it's the, he would be one of four if he were to beat the Patriots. Well, One of four like, to like, beat their position players somewhere. No, else? to beat all thirty-two teams. But players get traded around all the time. You know yeah, what I mean? but all thirty-two teams like that's it's tough. impossible. Please. That's got to be a long career. Because I was thinking about that too. Like, uh, the, yeah, it's got to take. It'll take out what? 
at least because every they play every division every other year. No, I mean, I mean they they switch divisions every year. Yeah, so playing. if there's four divisions, so and would, you're playing it like minimum, air league, yeah, minimum it would take you at least five years with one team. Exactly, and that's that's, so that's like that's expecting you to win. So the other ones were Brett Favre. He beat the Packers as a member of the Vikings. Mm-hmm. Drew Brees beat the Chargers as a minute member of the Saints, and then Paid Manning of the Broncos beat his old team, the Colts. So they all those three men have beat every other team in Major League Baseball or excuse me uh, NFL. So what's going to happen now is Tom Brady has that opportunity to go and do this and and get the most passing yards of all fucking time. Right. So we saw in years past whether it was passing or touchdown all time, it was always Tom Brady and Drew Brees going back and forth, back and forth. One person was one, then the next week there were two. But now that Drew Brees is retired and he officially has that embassy Sunday night hosting gig, you could see Tom For Brady now. cement Submit for now. Most what they saying yards. he might get touchdown records this, this year too. They're thinking no, absolutely. I mean, again, that's, I, that listen, was a record that he was just as, bouncing as off of Drew Brees. As much as I fucking hate, as much as I hate Tom Brady, I'm telling you right now, I'm thinking four touchdowns. Oh, easy. I think the big thing is one rushing. No, I would maybe, maybe. I think the big thing is one: how many touchdowns does Gronk get? Because he played there as well in New England, so that's one. He see the thing is what Gronk, what Gronk is. Gronk is like the definition of a fucking rider. Like he he'll he ride with you. Yeah. Like if you fucking with you, are we gonna kill somebody? Let's kill him tonight. Then. He go lots of time. I think Gronk's gonna have a fucking disgusting game. Even though Belichick knows Belichick is this fucking smart mind with dumbass sweater on, his fucking no shoulders, no no fucking sleeves. He knows what he knows what Tom Brady can't do, and he'll try his best. But the Buccaneers are no argument the better team. Well, no, I think the big thing is, and we saw with Trevor Lawrence losing tonight, going into Week Four. Rookie quarterbacks were one for nine, and the only reason that was that one was because Mac Jones for the Patriots beat fellow rookie Zach Wilson. So now they're one out of ten. Mm. So now you have Brady going back to New England, wanting to prove a point that it was him that was part of the. He was the bigger. He was reason. the reason why they kept winning. Right. He was the biggest key of the Patriots dynasty. He knows that Bill Belichick defense. He sees it in practice for all those years. He brings back Gronk, who also knows that defense Is, um, and Tampa Bay's Brown defense. Available? Antonio Brown, we don't know yet with his COVID. And when you look at what's going on with the defense of Tampa Bay going against that offense, which isn't great with a rookie quarterback, either Bill Belichick is going to pull rabbit out the hat or Tom Brady is coming out here looking for blood. Hey, like, like they say, any given Sunday. Yes, <laughs> I mean, it, maybe. You know what I'm saying? It, 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 it all it takes, it could be, it could come down to one penalty. It might come down to one strip, some incidental fucking fall. Like, oh, but I, but I, if I were to put money on it, I would take the fucking over for for touchdowns. If it's, if it's like if it's three touchdowns by Tom Brady, I'm taking it over. It's also gonna be funny to see if Tom Brady knows which lockers not to stand next to in the visiting locker room, <laughs> if he, if they're bugged. Because Peyton Manning already came out and said, "Oh yeah, whenever we had a pre pregame meeting, it was always in the shower because we knew the showers weren't bugged, but we knew the lockers were bugged. So maybe Tom he Brady. That, he thinks the Patriots were bugging their. Lockers. Oh yeah, I mean, come on, all that stuff that happened in Foxborough, like the flight gate, you know, all the comms all of a sudden would go out for every opponent's like offensive team. Where the coordinators couldn't hey, talk to their and quarterbacks. This is, and this is why I fucking hate the Patriots and Tom Brady because they have a history of fucking cheating. But it would be hilarious. It would be so funny if, for some reason, we saw Tom Brady and the and the Bucks going like a silent snap count because he's like, no, 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 I know how stuff works out here, mm-hmm. Belichick. I, I've been onto your game for a while. We're, we're not going to do this. Uh, but no, the the mark that's that's like the storyline matchup to me. The mark it's definitely the biggest one that we well well no I don't I, think I, it I'll is. ESPN will talk about that one the most. I don't think it's. I don't think it's gonna be ESPN because one, it's not the Cowboys. 
And two, it's also not the Packers or Steelers. And they, we, love, they love Tom Brady. Th- yeah, but they also love talking about Big Ben, Aaron Rodgers, and the Dallas Cowboys. Big Ben ain't shit. He, so, he is his ass. Well, no, let's think about it. Like, you have the Steelers, who are one and two. You have the Packers, who are two and one. The Packers are at home against the Pittsburgh Steelers. If the Steelers were to lose this, this would be a three-game losing streak. And they would have that upset win against Buffalo, which was great. But we just saw Cincinnati win. They could be in last place in the NFC North after getting off that hot start last year when they went to, like, week 15, just super dominant, where we were asking, like, are they going to be the biggest team? So when it comes to Green Bay versus Pittsburgh, that's a great storyline matchup to me as well. Plus, you also got the marquee matchup for me, West Coast bias over here, Mm -hmm. but Cardinals-Rams. I mean, Kyler Murray and the the Cardinals 3-0. They're, they're in L.A. Oh, that's right. Wait. Oh, because Sunday. Yeah. The Chargers play on Monday. Yeah, that's what they're trying to do. They're not trying to have, like, them on the same thing. But when you look at Cardinals-Rams, Matt Stafford, nine touchdowns, one interception through three weeks. That frat boy winning right now. Yo, he's winning. And when you look at the Cardinals, the, Car- the Cardinals struggled against Jacksonville last week. So, with the Rams, Cooper Cup, we talked about this on the podcast. If you guys have been listening, we talked about the fact that Sean McVay – the coach for the Rams came out and said, oh, I need to be able to find a way to get Deshaun Jackson the ball more. Absolutely. What, what happened last week against Tampa Bay? Bombs to Deshaun Jackson. Yeah, how do you, like, yo, yo run, run a slant and fucking go. Like, oh, no, go deep because you're underneath is always going to be Cooper Cup or Robert Woods, and you got Tyler Higby. So, I mean, the Rams are stacked. That's what I'm mm-hmm. saying. Like, if the Rams, imagine this, the Rams got to play on Sunday. Then on Thursday night, we're actually going to have a good Thursday night football game, Victor. Who is it? Next week is going to be Seahawks and Rams. Mm. So let's say so the Rams, Rams back-to-back fucking division NFC games? West games. So let's say they went out and they go 5-0. and That's big. 5-0 and in the NFC almost, West? That's big. That's huge. Any, any division you do that, if you you got to beat your division. You got to beat – obviously, you got to win your games, but you got to beat your division because you don't know what's going to come down to the fucking week 17 now, right? Yeah. Oh, no, you, you never know that. And it's going to be tough, too, because look at Seattle. They were up big at home against Tennessee. Tennessee comes back and wins in overtime. Then you go out and lay an egg against Minnesota. Mm-hmm. If you were to lose next week against the Rams and go 2-3 and three to start the year and the Rams are 5-0, and oh, that's going to be tough ground to make up. And we saw the 49ers, like how close they were. Again, Aaron Rodgers came back. But they could have been up there. This nigga Aaron Rodgers really took off the entire offseason. He yeah. caused all that drama. Yes. Loses the first game because all that shit's talking. Comes back next two games. Comes back with 37 seconds left in the fucking game. Two passes for 49 yards. One was for 25. One was for 15. Yeah, like both that. to Devontae Adams. And wins the game. And after the game, he's just like, I love this sport. Yeah. It's like, what the f- Who are you? That's what I'm saying. It's it's If you look at that Steelers-Packers game that, that's coming up, you look at Aaron Rodgers who missed all the camp, who had all that drama in the offseason – he can come back, play horribly, as you said, against the Saints in week one, then be on a three-game winning streak and start the season off three and one, whereas the Steelers had like probably the biggest upset till now, mm-hmm. going to Buffalo and winning in Buffalo, and then them being on a three-game losing streak. But they streak. also have really bad injuries. Big Ben. But I think that's the, that's the marquee matchup is the two quarterbacks. You yeah. have two aging quarterbacks where one took all offseason off, and could be on a three-game winning streak. Big Ben probably drinking, driving around with a fucking helmet, no helmet on still. And then here comes Big Ben, who was in minicamp, was in training camp, and he could be on a three-game losing streak. That's and then you also got to ask, like, what has the Steelers always depended on in their history? Solid run game. Franco Harris, Jerome Bettis, I'll throw Le'Veon Bell in there. They don't have a solid number one running back. 
They've always had. They've always had speed. At least some solid form of running. Because Juju's good, but you can't. He can't throw himself the ball. And that's the thing. You talk about Antonio Brown. When Antonio Brown left, they were like, "Okay, you're too much of a distraction. We don't want you to go." And we have Juju as the number one. He's not producing like a number one because he's not getting the ball. It's it's like that's why receivers have the hardest job because like you can be literally the best receiver in the fucking like. Calvin Johnson, he was one of the best receivers in the, in the league. He also played for the Lions, so it's like, yeah. same, like it's yeah. also, but with, even with Matt Stafford, would just throw the fucking ball. I watched how this motherfucker was like, this motherfucker just throw the ball. I'm like, yo, just catch it. Yeah. And it's like receivers literally have, they literally depend on everything else but their own talent, in a sense. Well, because well, the ball has come to them, that means the guy has to be blocks. Yeah, like, it takes too, it takes so much more for them to get a ball, and then but yet if they don't, they don't catch shit, they get yelled at all like. You weren't open, like nigga. I was trying to get open. You weren't passing me the ball. <laughs> that will be every receiver who was like, "Yo, I was open. You just weren't passing me the ball." Oh, look after the ball went, bro. <laughs> Ty T's. We're talking about Ty T's. We're watching Dodgers Padres. We'll get to that debacle that is the San Diego Padres in a minute. But I do want to harpen back on this because we are talking about the Steelers and we are talking about Big Ben, who has been the quarterback for so long. And we talk about Brady. When we talk about Rodgers, Rodgers could be on that list of someone who has beaten every team when all is said and done because he may leave. Oh, he is leaving. But then you look at Big Ben. How how much time does Big Ben have left in Pittsburgh? Uh, a week. He was drafted with Eli Manning. Retired. Was drafted two with Phil, two times the world champ. Was drafted with Philip Rivers. He's retired. At some point, the Steelers got to look and go, okay, Joshua Dobbs, you weren't the answer. Okay, uh, what was the, the Duck Dodges? Like, you know, he wasn't the answer. So who the, the Steelers really need to be on the lookout for that they next person. Because they haven't really drafted their, their His replacement. Parent. No. Like, you, first of all, you should know better. Like, any team knows. If you have a, say, I don't give a fuck who your quarterback is. Once your quarterback hits 34 years old, he can be your starter. He can be your number. He can be your QB1. You should be drafting a fucking, your second one immediately after that point. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers, we, we almost turning. Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, they're that one in a million that, like, just kept fucking going. Yeah. So you can't – don't use that as your example. Use, like, hey, three or four years old, okay, we got two more years left of this motherfucker. He's probably going to retire or we got to move on from him because he might not be able to keep up with him because it's a hard position to play. And the Steelers dropped that ball several times over, clearly. Well, no, I think the big thing, too, is, like, you, you have to get lucky. Look at the air apparent. Like it's all luck. It's all luck. Okay, so Philip Rivers retires. You have Anthony Lynn, who's oh he go, he leaves. He knows he's not like gonna make any more good plays for the Chargers. He leaves and goes to Indianapolis. They also kind of didn't really want to wear anymore. No, they, it was mutual. It was like a mutual breakup. Like by definition, mutual breakup. Then you have Tyrod Taylor, who no one talks about. He was punctured in the lung by a team doctor and had to be rushed to the hospital. And that possibly. But then that opened it up for Justin Herbert. And now you're looking at Justin Herbert and you're saying, wow, he can really ball. He can really play. But are we going to see that from other rookie quarterbacks moving forward? And we don't know yet. We just watched Joe Burrow in his second year. He looked pretty good in the second half, but the first half he struggled. And then as we said, with the rookie quarterbacks this year, who knows? Let me go back to next year again. Tua Tunga Bailoa, tank for Tua. He's not looking that good. So what do you do if you're the Steelers? Do you then say like, oh, no. Hey, Big Ben, you got to go. It's just why it's so sad because, like, in all sports in general, these players who come in sometimes. Obviously, some of these players coming from the – they're coming players are too good for college, are too good for their whatever – for high school, for some of them, for basketball example. And they get to the pros, and they, do, they don't do shit. 
but like I feel like they don't talk about it enough how just because you be with the pros, sometimes you go to a system that's just not for you. Right. Like at all. Like yeah. there's some systems that are just not you like out the Bears. I don't know what the fuck Fields was doing what Fields was supposed to be doing last week. I mean that, that was wasn't tough. that was not his fault. I was like, you don't fucking do this. Not, not the coach. Yeah. The coach clearly was not prepared for him at all. Matt Nagy was not prepared. And it's so funny because if you guys go back and listen to a couple episodes ago, we had Chicago friend Nick on. Oh, and God. Nick even said we got to play Fields against the Browns because they have a great defense. So this will be his first learning test. And it was. Like he got sacked a whole bunch, wasn't throwing to guys. So he got his ass whooped. They had 47 yards of total offense. But like the thing 47 is like, yards of total the, offense. The thing how Nick was saying, like, oh, playing against him. But like, yeah, you say that. But then when you watch it, like, this is different to your team because he can get hurt. Well, Dalton's hurt, so it's not like he but, went over but Dalton. Saying, but like, but I get that point, but like, but still, like the coach, one on one. How the fuck do you have Miles Garrett and Javion Clowney over there, and you have one on one coverage with them? I mean, your offensive line is also banged up. Like that's what we talked about. But too. like you said, like you could throw in, you know, running back going there, fucking help block. Like, right? Are you out of your fucking mind? If you're, like, if you're an offensive minded coach, which Matt Nagy is supposed to be, you're mm-hmm. supposed to be able to figure it out. Like. Not even figure out, like, yo, protect your fucking core. Because like, what, what what happens to say if Fields goes four core, like, hey, coach, I ain't going back in there because I'm getting my ass whooped. He like, he might he might do that soon. Like, who knows? Um, and then, like, also, like, and then, I'm sorry. And after the game, like, oh, why did you go out the game? Like, I was getting, I wasn't getting protected. I no, can't do this. He wasn't going to say that as a rookie. Like, he got, he got earned his licks and all that good stuff. But I do think another game that was interesting that I talked about was Ravens-Broncos. The Ravens could be one of those teams who has a tough heartbreak loss against the first ever game with fans in the stands in Vegas. <laughs> they lose in overtime, but then to come back and beat the Chiefs at home to have that lucky – I'm not going to say lucky. That 66-yard incredible That was bounce. extremely lucky. Well, I'm going to say the luck part was them not calling delay a game with seven seconds left when Lamar threw the ball out of bounds. But they could win against a 3-0 and team in the Broncos, and then they're on a three-game winning streak in a tough NFC North division. As you see, the Bengals – or AFC North, excuse me, at the, as the Bengals are 3-1. and Now you get back to the Broncos. The Broncos are 3-0. and They played three teams who are 0-9 combined. Like, haven't won a game. So are they good, or are, have they just gotten lucky? That's the question for them. But the one thing I do love about this, and I probably should have done some research, but – you have Lamar Jackson mm-hmm. going up against Teddy Bridgewater, okay. two black quarterbacks. Both did he come in after him? Teddy Teddy came in before. No, I mean, like Lamar came, came in, yeah, after, after. But they both played at Louisville. Not the, not the same time, right? Not right. the same time. But it got me to thinking: When was the last time two black quarterbacks went up against each other from the same school? From the same school. Because I was trying to think just like... How many times that black quarterbacks follow another black quarterback in college? Well, no. Not only that, but I was thinking like, okay, think about all the Alabama quarterbacks that are in the league now. How many were black? Well, no, not just black. I'm just saying like, in the, like think about school-wise. Oh, yeah. So I was thinking Alabama. You got Mac Jones for the Patriots, Jalen Hurts for the Eagles, and then Tua, who's now hurt, who hopefully comes back, Tua Tagovailoa for Alabama, mm-hmm. for Miami. So those, all three of those, if they ever play with each other, it's like, oh, that's cool. They all, all like... Same school, all that type of stuff. Because they were, they were, they were there together. The time, right? They were all there the same, same together. So I don't know if Teddy, which is first off, and Lamar, were which there. is fucking wild. You understand that Alabama had three quarterbacks that are all pros. Well, if they were injured, if they were injured, starters, starters. Start, they all started week one. They all they had they had three starting caliber level talent quarterbacks on one fucking team. Exactly. And I should tell you how deep 
Alabama is. Oh, Alabama's like it's the same thing with their running backs. They lose. Oh, I saw that list. You saw where who their fourth running back was? Where it was, uh, it was Alvin Kamara? It was like, like Mark what? Ingram, Derrick Henry. It's like, and then, how do you uh, have that as an option? Like, there was one. There was one other player who was really good, and then he played in the NFL as well. And then Alvin Kamara was number four, and he was like, I can't do this anymore. So he transferred he to Tennessee. Left. Like he leaves. Like, yeah, he leave. That's called a wealth and an abundance of talent. Absolutely. So I was trying to think about that, and then I was trying to think like, well, what are the greatest like former matchups of two uh, quarterbacks who went to the same school? Because that's rare in itself to find. Because usually, especially within. The time frame right now we're talking about. This is their Bridgewater is relatively a young player. Bridgewater is young, so the only other relatively one, young, right? Compared, usually you might have like, oh, I went there eighteen years ago. It's like, okay, you're the end of your career, whatever. But that's a good question to look up. Because uh, I was trying to think, like, what was it? Oklahoma didn't Oklahoma have? They had Baker I'm, Mayfield. I'm what USC had. Well, that's I was trying to go back because I was like, okay, Mark Sanchez. See how far we go back though? We'd, we'd, we'd like oh, eight, yeah, it. Mark Sanchez, Matt Leinart, Carson Palmer, John David Booty, Matt Castle. Technically, they were all in the league at some point. But I'm trying to think of Oklahoma. I don't know why the other one's escaping me. It was Baker Mayfield. Oh, duh! It was Baker Mayfield, and then um, what's his name? Our boy Johnny. No, uh, Kyle. It wasn't Kyler Murray at Oklahoma. Yes. Yeah, it was that. It was that. The, yeah. So you had those two guys. So it's like, okay, that's a pretty cool matchup. Uh, but again, all this is just very interesting to see. So, two black quarterbacks starting. Don't really know who I'm pulling for in that one. Uh, we do have the update that Lamar Jackson has a flare in his back, and let me just say uh, that's kind of awkward for someone in his twenties. <laughs> a flare. A flare. He had a flare up in his back, and everyone thinks and it's from. Awesome. Everyone thinks it's from when he did that leap into the end zone with against the Chiefs, and he landed on his back. That's, and- what, his dumb ass <laughs> that's exactly what your dumbass get. That's exactly what your dumbass get. Like, you know. Because he, he did kind of come up with, that's what your dumbass get. Why are you doing this like that? Yeah. Like, nigga, like, you got Just run it in. Just run it in. Run it in. But, Fucking walk. But no, we did have some other news come out of the NFL today. Some some great news. Uh, the Super Bowl halftime show announced Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg. Gang shit. Eminem, Kendrick Lamar, and Mary J. Blige will be performing this year at Probably Pepsi's. Probably give Oh, pr- yeah. Pepsi Super Bowl halftime show in Inglewood, California. So I think it's really cool. I have a lot of questions about this one. Let me hear. So obviously we know historically on the Super Bowl halftime show, as black Americans, we don't necessarily like it too much because we feel like it doesn't reach us in the uh, sense of, because in the sense of like, obviously you have, you've, you've had Bruno Beyonce. Beyonce. Bruno Mars is more pop than he is rap. Prince. Michael Jackson, King of Pop. How long ago were those? <laughs> I mean, well, but also because Michael I, Jackson was 92 because, at the Rose Bowl. In the sense I'm talking about like, for example, like when you, you had when you when you had in, when you had in, in Atlanta, like Atlanta is the mecca of rap in a sense, right at this at this moment. Right, you'd now. say it's, it's you could say Atlanta's the mecca of black culture at, of black at culture right now, at this right moment. now. And the fact that you like how they were saying like, hey, Maroon Five, you know Bruno Mars, was Bruno Mars Maroon Five. Was no, no, it? it was it was you're talking about it was Atlanta, it was it was Maroon. Patriots versus Rams, mm-hmm. and it performing? was Maroon yeah. Five. Okay, I remember they were saying I think Bruno Bruno Mars came out and was like. NFL, you dropped the ball. You should have had all the Atlanta rappers out there, Absolutely. or Atlanta talent, yeah. and stuff like that. So I, li- I like how they're using. They're like, "Yo, it's LA. Let's get out some LA talent," which makes sense. However, the people you called off right now, most of their songs have a lot of cussing, True. and vulgar language. True. So obviously, Super Bowl is 
technically a family kid friendly show. They are they, they try to build it around that 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 model. Obviously, it's mostly fucking adults drinking, drinking, getting fucked up, and kids don't give a fuck about any of this shit. I but, mean, uh, but you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, you know what I'm saying? Kids are not gonna really like, oh my god, he's cussing. Like, I'm fucking cussing right now. But they're not cursing. Like, that's the thing. They're gonna end it out. And then, uh, but that's I, also like some like what songs do you? What songs do they play? Well, also to get to it, the weekend performed last year uh, in Tampa. But like, that's what I was thinking. If you, like the first song that came in mind for me was nothing but a J thing, G thing. Like, that's the first thing that comes out. Like. Everyone knows that beat. Everyone knows the opening. One, two, three, and two. Like, obviously, Kendrick's going to play some fucking fire shit. Like, right. And, and by then, the album probably be out, so. But the big thing, the biggest, the biggest question mark mm-hmm. is Eminem. Because what can he do? Because you want to talk about vulgarity. See what I'm saying? And you want to talk about some people who don't fit oh, in to now. he could probably play Lose Yourself. He could do that. Because that's probably his most, that's probably his biggest song, obviously. And they use that shit all the time on commercials. I remember when it came out, they use commercials all the time. Yeah. So probably lose yourself. And then, but like, hey, nah, 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 nah. oh, he yeah. Might, he might drop that. Like, no, there's a lot of things they could do. I think it's going to be very interesting to see what. Uh, I'm really curious about, about this profanity. No, there's not going to be no. There's not going to be but, any no, profanity. But I'm saying, like, I'm saying it's not going to be any, but like. But you have, but but their songs have profanity. Yeah, but Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg and Eminem have been around long enough to be on as many tours as they have to know like what songs they can do clean and what songs they can't. Bro, on their tours, they're playing all their wild shit on the tours. No, but I guarantee, like Snoop Dogg's doing stuff with Martha Stewart right now. I think he knows how to be clean and not to be clean. Hold up the story. Well, like it's just I I just I really want to see what songs they play. Oh yeah, because Mary Mary J. Blige is easy as fuck. She got R and B. She can be. Well, that's out. always the biggest question is, you know, we talk about like gambling and prop bets and all that stuff. The Super Bowl halftime show has oh a huge God, prop, bet. prop bet. It's what's, what's going to be the first song. How long is it going to be? Do they bring out this guest? Because that's the thing. It's like, these are the ones who are announced, but do they bring out anyone else? So, like, does Ice Cube make an appearance? Off the back, before we say like the guests and stuff, I want to I want to know what's the rules going to be for vaccines and, vac- and vaccinated people. Oh, well, I think that's an NFL thing where it's probably going to be so, everyone's. So by that point, everybody vaccinated but like it that's gonna that's gonna determine it's, it's gonna determine i'm pretty sure it's probably a prop bet about that shit like will the nfl force vaccination on everybody who shows up to the thing they, yeah absolutely yeah, they it's will. no they probably will because one it's not even them but it could be la county that's why we'll see that's why in it, february like la could be like for no. guess for who I, I don't know i, I wouldn't bet on what guess is gonna be there yet until i know what the rules are gonna be outside the city limits oh no i'll tell you right now i mean but i'm saying you take other people from la You'd be like, hey, hey, cute, what you doing? Hey, gang, what you doing? Like, you take no, you guys. Can't, you can't have the game there. You're taking guys who are already established in L.A. You can't have the game. And he's bring all, them he's, in. He's all cussing. <laughs> all cussing. Like, again, what if 50 Cent shows up? Now, that could be a parameter. Does he live in New York or does he live in L.A.? So, I'll take that bet. That 50 Cent I w- shows up? I would up. take 50 Cent shows up. Boom. He, 50 Cent plays P.I.M.P. No, he's we, not playing. We're that. playing. That. He's not playing. He's that. playing. Snoop's gonna be there. Pimp will be playing at Super Bowl. You hear it right here first. What happens if Fifty Cent and Game show up and they play? This is how friends. we do. They're, that would be fucking lit. Boom. See, you see what I'm saying? Like the possibilities are endless. Okay, that's all lit. I'm saying. The one thing I will say about Eminem, though, this is one thing I love. And you talk about lose yourself. He actually has a restaurant in Mom's Detroit spaghetti. called Mom Spaghetti, and it's an item called Mom Spaghetti on the list. So. Kids. That's what we call marketing. Marketing. That's what we call synergy. Long term marketing. Right Long term marketing. That is hilarious. Because I think he they opened up and he was actually there at the restaurant and he and the fans were shocked. They're like, "Oh my god, you're really here!" 
He was like, yeah, like it's my, my restaurant. Why would I not be well, there? Because I guess you know, like I guess they, so somebody asks like, is he usually in Detroit? Because you know, somebody they don't, they don't live in these places sometimes, which is fine. But like they said, I guess supposedly people know Eminem. He actually is in Detroit all the time. Yeah, and he, he is seen in public and like. Various places, so like it's not like it wasn't a shock to see him, but they're like, Oh, she's really here right now. Like, yeah. yeah, no, the thing I love is you know, Eminem opens up this restaurant, Mom Spaghetti, Mom Spaghetti, nine bucks with meatballs, 12 bucks with rabbit balls, vegan, it's vegan, right? It's B Rabbit, that's hilarious. From Eight Mile, you get a spaghetti sandwich, 11 bucks. I love how he put pop or water, like that's pretty funny, like putting the pop on there for the Midwest thing. But I mean, we might have to do a trip to Detroit and try no, out Mom's spaghetti. Where's that located? Okay, first, <laughs> it gives me the address, but that does me no good. Before we before we find out, before we say yes, is that located? We'll local. call out Jalen Rose. Jalen, you can take us, and we'll 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 go around there and see. Exactly. Uh, but no, the NFL halftime show is gonna be dope. I think you are right, though, Victor. I think this is how you're gonna appeal to both a young audience and an old school audience. And the one thing I will say, the funniest thing I saw on Twitter about this, uh, going back to Eminem. Was they were saying that you know there was a part of the part of the crowd that was mad that it was going to be like rap at the halftime show because oh, to your point because to your point it is mostly pop it is mostly rock however because pop is just it's just cleaner music right but you know for sure there was some let's say like our our Caucasian brothers who were probably mad about that and they were like oh wait Eminem's going to be there well, yeah, some of the oh singers. never mind oh never mind okay like most like those Eminem stands were probably it's fucking stupid because like yo like. You guys fucking you piggyback off of off of black culture all the fucking time. Most of your fucking players are black. Your Majorities best players are fucking predominantly, black. yes, predominantly black. And yes. it, but yet you don't want to embrace them as a people, as their culture. No, and that's why, like, it's like I'm I'm really I really want to see what kind of rap they play because it's just like it's live television. With what, like a five second delay? Ten second delay, for ten, sure. Ten second delay, 100%. <laughs> yeah. This one might be a little longer than that one. And we also know that, like, how many people are actually watching it on cable? Eh. Who's who's streaming it online? And, but the one thing I will say that was Ooh, pretty that's cool. That's actually the question. Have they officially sold the streaming thing? Like, Because like people don't have cable a lot now. Oh, I'm sure they haven't. Who has it, who's on, who has it this year? Fox? Uh, I want to say, it's, isn't it NBC that has it this year? So Peacock will have it. I'm not, I'm not officially sure if they whoever have it. Has, whoever is officially running it this year... Their streaming service will probably sell a one-day edition for that. Or they'll probably go, hey, if you buy Super Bowl, we'll give you two months of our streaming service for free. Play along with it. Yeah, we'll see. But the one thing I also do want to shout out is because this all happened where Pepsi announced it. Dre, Snoop, Kendrick, Eminem, Mary J. Bly, they all announced it on their Twitter account. So you know they were like scheduled tweets. But they all, they all tweeted and uh, added Rock Nation. So I'm sure Jay Z is getting all percentage of this because you saw Jay-Z where Jay Z was meeting. Had a problem. Had he he met with Roger Goodell recently. Because so. they have that partnership. Yeah, that Rock Nation is a partnership with the NFL. So this is how he's getting the bag as well. Um, and this was ton. This is definitely in Jay Z's like he said this in that group. And a little, obviously they had that public meeting that we all saw that was just for show. But I want I'm pretty sure the one behind the one behind closed doors where everybody had a fucking NDA, like, yo, this shit, y'all be getting fired and shit like that. Jay-Z said, yo, listen, it's in L.A., I'm going to get a rapper for you, Dr. Dre. Oh, no. I'm sure, I'm sure, like, they thought, oh, Inglewood. Maybe someone, someone, I, I don't know if Someone I'm spin the idea. Out. Someone spin the idea. Well, they probably like, say every, I'm pretty sure every year they have, like, that little room, like, who should, who should perform, who would we like to perform this right. year? Right. And, and I, they go, oh, this person, shut the fuck up. Well, like, like, well no, person. I think it's a mixture of, when you look at that Bruno Mars that came out, and Bruno Mars' sales tripled. And then it also came out 
that the NFL was like, we need people to pay us to be on halftime because we're giving them promotion. Which is ridiculous. And then I'm sure someone was like, hey, we're in L.A. That nigga balls. Let's do it. So, in Inglewood, so let's do it. Uh, I do want to get to some NBA because Media Day was on Monday. So, we got some more stuff coming out. The big yeah, thing, of course. Huh? We're like media now. Hey, let's get those media credentials. Adam Silver. Hey, I'm trying to get that shit for the Super Bowl, bro. That's probably pictures. not going to happen. That's probably not going to happen. Uh, maybe, though. If you believe it, it happens. All right, unless you're sneaking in. But uh, the biggest thing coming out of media day, or the thing with the most press, was the vaccine mandate. We saw Andrew Wiggins of the Golden State Warriors. You know, he came out and was trying to look for a religious exempt option of not getting the vaccine. You have Kyrie Irving, who says it's a personal choice. Please respect my privacy, which is just... Which I respect. Which will always be hilarious to me. I uh, respect it. And then <laughs> Bradley Beal coming out with the quote of, well, how can people who get and the vaccine still get COVID? Well, I, then you also had like Giannis, Dame Lillard, Steph Curry, LeBron James. They all came out on media day and said, we are vaccinated. Draymond. Draymond. LeBron, I think, said it like where he's like, hey, look, I'm vaccinated, but I didn't want to be a spokesman for it. Because who knows how that could have gone. The Biden administration, probably Newsom administration, probably would have taken his words if he said, go and get the vaccine and really ran with it. 100%. But no, I, to me, it's funny with Kyrie being like, please, guys, respect my privacy. It's a personal issue. But again, you're making it a public issue. Like, that's the thing. By refusing to get the vaccine and playing in the state of New York, you are no longer keeping it a private issue. It's weird. So it's like you're both right. Because it is it is technically a private issue. Like you don't have to take the vaccine, I guess. But it's like, but before they you just, say, before, they just before, say that. That, before you say anything, like how I like how Stephen A. Uh, Sean, uh, Shannon Sharp they said it was true. They're like, listen, if you want to take this fucking stance, more power to you. Now, if you told me you had an allergy, you have an allergy that has something in it, I can go with that. But you're not gonna fucking sit up here and tell me right now as an athlete. You have you first off, Kyrie. You dislocated your fucking knee in the finals, right? So you had to get surgery. Did you ask him what's an anesthesia? Did you did you ask him? Okay, I'm getting prescribed probably pain painkillers, obviously anti-inflammatory bullshits. You didn't ask him like, did you go home and go? Okay, what's in his anti? Blah 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 blah. Like, what you you did not do that, and you know you didn't. I guarantee you knew that shit because no one right. does that. Because you were in so much fucking pain, you said, fuck it, give me this shit. Well, no, I think the biggest thing, it's not more power to you. It's just to come out and say that. If you come out and you're Jonathan Isaac, and I think Jonathan Isaac is the perfect example of someone who's not anti-vax, they just don't know enough about the information. Where they just say, like, look, I'm not anti-vax. I just don't know all that's out that's there. That's a terrible mistake. That's a terrible, terrible thing to say, too. Because like, How? Like, I don't know. Every, that's not, he's not the only one to say, like, no, but he's see, not the only one to say, I don't know what's in the vaccine. I get you on how, that. Like, how can I learn more about it? How can I learn more about the side effects? The reason why I think it's stupid, because it's like, nigga, like, you're Jonathan Isaac of the Orlando Magic. You were one of 10 guaranteed players on the fucking roster on a... How much is Orlando worth? They're a bad team. Let's just no, they're they're a bad team, but like, how much was the team? The team's probably worth about half a million, half a billion, give or take, whatever. But you have access to doctors. You have a fucking doctor that the NBA has running their bed that ran the bubble for you guys, who made the bubble away. Like, how can we bubble? Okay, if we do it this way, it could work. Right. How about you ask your fucking agent or you ask your fucking team general manager or something, hey, can you get me on the phone with that doctor so I can talk to him more? Yeah. Not I, wait till fucking media day. 
a year after well, the vaccine's already think, out. I don't think anyone was checking for Jonathan Isaac, too. They were, that, they, that's they, what I'm saying. No, like, they 100% were not. The vaccine gave people the opportunity to speak their mind, and, like, we're running with it. That was the big thing. It's like, when Bradley Beal comes out and says, well, like, he had COVID, and he's like, well, all I lost was my sense of taste. And it's like, dude, that's, losing, that's some like, shit, like losing your sense of taste is, like, not a good thing. People like most people, lives, dumbass. Right, like, exactly. So I think all of them are bad. And, again, if you've been listening to the show. But Beal, by far, was the worst. Man. No, I think it, I think they're all bad, because, like, Wiggins, Wiggins got me where he's like, who are you guys to judge me? It's like, I'm someone who lives in the state that you live in, and we have the lowest transmission rate. We have that because we have strict rules in place, also, and we have given out the most vaccines. We're not coming from a place of privilege as you are. Like, you can you can literally, in a sense, technically speaking, let's say for the past three months, you can quarantine your whole self in your house and have everything brought to you and not miss work. You can do your job from home and still live comfortably. You can still shoot hoops in your backyard. You can still social distance as much as you want. You can, and you still have the means to you live. You have the means. You have where, the you have the means to isolate yourself without being isolated. Well, you can also say like most Americans, like they're getting the vaccine, so they have to go back to work. They have to be back in the office. See, not, before the vaccine, they had to go to work. Right. People. So not everyone has the luxury of sitting at home. I think it's and all waiting bad. for it right. to be safe. Right. And I think the vaccine mandates that are coming out, and let's not lose sight that, you know, Adrian Wojnarowski from ESPN, he reported that 95% oh, of the league, now? 95%. He's the players, right? Not 95% of players are vaccinated. 95%. Because CJ McCollum tweeted out on Monday, 90%. So 95 from Woj was 95% or at least have given one shot. Okay. So, and then, so I don't know if those are the same numbers, but if you're looking at that, this just goes back to more people. Looking at just that five percent or just that ten percent that aren't. It's not even five percent. It's just I think it's just the fucking responses. It's like that's why like it's it's a weird it's a weird situation because like I I know we we differ on this but like I get it if you don't want to take it okay that's fine but don't fucking bitch when you get your fucking job taken from you. No, I, I say if you don't want to take it that's fine but there's gonna be consequences and repercussions and I think the biggest one should be the biggest consequence should be Ted Cruz standing on your side. When Ted Cruz comes out and says, I'm with Kyrie Irving, Bradley Beal, Jonathan Isaac. And he agreed with LeBron. And he agreed with LeBron because he said LeBron didn't come out and advocate for but it. But then he agreed with them and he pulled a fucking Skip Bayless and came out and said, like, he basically said, like, I never agree with LeBron, but I agree with them. We shouldn't talk about do what you want to do for yourself. Okay, true. And he goes, however, LeBron, you should fucking boycott with your brother. Like, shut the fuck up, Ted. First of all, no one's boycotting. No one's boycotting. That's the thing that they got to remember is no one's boycotting. But we can we definitely got to discuss how hypocritical the rule is that for Wiggins and Kyrie, for example, how Wiggins can't play at home, Kyrie can't play at home, but they can each play in the opposite person's arena because they're un- they're unvaccinated, which makes no fucking. It sense. makes no sense looking at this from two weeks from opening night. But however, to you, Adam Silver. Is looking at it and he's talking trying, to governors. Yeah, he's, he's talking to like local city officials because it's not all of California. It's San Francisco. It's, so weird it's not. Like, it's like it's not just Brooklyn. It's all New York. So those are two different like circumstances. So I'm sure Adam Silver's talking about it. And you know what? I'm I'm the big believer in like you don't have to be here. Like you do not have no, no, to be I here. I think uh, what was it? Charles Barkley Ben said it a long time ago. He's like, listen, when you have a job, sometimes something you don't like. And the no. vaccine, something you don't like. I think it's when Indiana University tried to sue the federal government. Oh, so, yeah. They were, they were, they were that. Right. Bullshit. Indiana came back and basically, the Supreme Court basically came back and said to the students who were trying to sue Indiana by saying that, like, this law, this mass mandate was unconstitutional. The Supreme Court said, you don't have to go to school at Indiana. 
this doesn't have to be your first option. He's not. He's not forced to be. He's right. Not, exactly. You can go somewhere else. You can go to Notre Dame. You it go to Purdue. Be, it might be Indiana State. Somewhat of a burden, but like you don't have to Kyrie. Play. You don't have to play basketball. Also, basketball. It's, it's a private industry, technically. You don't like. You don't have to play basketball. You For can NBA. leave. You can take it as Australia. Boom. You can go to Australia. You can go to any place they're looking for you because Australia might not be the place. Australia might be like, no, we are locked down, and you're not mandated. Like, you're not like have the vaccine. You ain't coming over here, dog. And also, I don't. You like ain't coming over here. I think, and also, it's like with Kyrie, the arrogance of just like, well, I don't got to play. It's like, then you ain't got to play. Ain't like, gonna play. It's like I, I do, I do think Kyrie definitely has a something going on like mentally for him, which is fine. No, like, I mean, get your own shit done. But it's just like just that's like, that's something we've heard all along. But and the rules, like, I think, I really do think the NBA should just come out like, listen, guys. We're not playing this fucking this fucking bullshit. Just get, either get vaccinated or you got to show us a negative test every fucking time. That's it. That's, that's it. it. Just like that's look, it. you want you want this Q-tip in your nose every game that you play. Because it's the it's the players union, obviously that they're fighting. And I'm that sure there's players in the players union who are like, but, you're not hurting us by like shining this negative light on us. In a sense, like how when LeBron was talking about how after LeBron media, he was like, oh, we all vaccinated, and it's just like. They definitely talk about that before because LeBron's LeBron is very calculated. LeBron, no, LeBron's team is very calculated. Yeah, it's not and, just LeBron; it's all. Like, yeah, it's LeBron. He's he definitely group chats the little all the stuff they talk about. LeBron is he's coordinated. He knows everything's going to happen. He knows the his his PR team is a one. They know all the questions beforehand. They're like, all right, guys, like who here's that vaccinated? He probably I'm pretty sure he probably sat them down like, listen, guys, who's that vaccinated? Who should we call in to help you understand this more? But and no. he called the right people. Well, he's LeBron. He's the I think people. I think it's more than that though. Like, how, how do we know Savannah ain't running the household? And Savannah's like, no, LeBron, you're getting vaccinated. You want to know why? Because our kids now fall under the age in the state of California of a vaccine mandate. So if you want to go what see Bronny, if you want to go 12? see Bronny play, was it thirteen? Now? Yeah, Bronny's not thirteen. Bronny's like sixteen. Yeah, how old is the daughter? The young one. I don't, Victor. I don't know LeBron's family, but I'm saying like, if he wants to go see his son play at Sierra Canyon, they might say like, hey, you got to be vaccinated. So he never gave a specific reason. He just left it as I'm vaccinated. And he's he, and did, he, he, did, no, he kind of said like, in the beginning, I know, which is fine. The beginning, at the beginning, yeah, no one knew. That was the beginning was perfectly fine for all this. That's why I think that's what is more annoying about the situation because it's like I can understand if it was like okay Monday, all right by Wednesday it's officially out. Okay, fine, nigga. Millions of people have taken it. Right. And besides the very small percentage of fucking actual like side effects that happen with any fucking drug or any type of vaccine, it's been relatively fine. Except for J and J, obviously. But like you, you good? Hey, I got the J and J. I've been all throughout the country. I'm good. This nigga been wilding. Yeah, but yeah. So, but Slowly it's just like wilding. it's it's a, it's a, it's. I just I just I I think I hate more just the dumbass hypocritical rule how they can't play in their stadium, but a visiting player can. do That, that. can all be worked out though. Like that's my yeah. biggest thing. We still got two weeks. That can all be worked out. But until I then, think it will be worked out. It probably will. But until then, like if again, Andrew Wiggins, you don't want the vaccine. Kyrie, you don't want the vaccine? That's fine. You're just not going to play. Also, That's totally I think these players can understand something right now. Like people are like, "Oh my god, this they're so like, listen, guys, this is two issues right now. We're talking about personal beliefs, which everybody can respect, but at the end of the day, this is business. This is a business, and it says like, if Kyrie, you're okay. So we have Kyrie, you have Durant, Harden. Kyrie's what their second best player, arguably. Right. Maybe yeah. you could argue with who's better, Harden or Kyrie, arguably. Yeah. So. As a business point of view, you're like, okay, my three best workers, one is missing because he don't want to take a fucking vaccine. I can't trade him. I can't get rid of him. I ain't going to pay him. But, like, you're hurting my bottom line. 
end of the day. That's what it is. You're hurting my... It's, it's no. about money. For them, for the owners, it's about money. The I don't, owners I don't, don't give a fuck about these The players. owners are going to make so much money, though, back with full arenas. But still, players... But you want to... They, he... They, okay, they want that, to win. That, I particular, that particular team wants... They're, they have one goal is to win. They have one goal which is to win, but how many times was Kyrie out last year? How many times was James Harden out last year? Like, they're still going to win. They're still going to be good. When you look at the Brooklyn Nets, they're, they're going to be okay. Now, the one person who we don't know is going to be playing for totally different reasons is Ben Simmons. The 76ers had their media day. Joel Embiid came out and finally spoke about it. Doc Rivers finally came out and spoke about it. Joel Embiid had some harsh, not harsh words, but they were definitely, it was definitely some, uh, I'm going to blame this guy. So when he comes out and he says it was his fault or it was kind of embarrassing or kind of immature that he's not here and not showing up, yeah. the, I can say this for right now. The process is officially paused. Process. I'm not saying it's over, but it's paused. If the process, trust the process, first of all, you only had two guys from trust the process. That was Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons. And, they, and the fact that they, they, they stuck it out there. And it's only paused until you're able to find a trade partner and get a like huge ransom in return if you're Daryl Morey, the if Sixers, and Elton Brand. If you don't get that and he somehow just leaves, some, I don't, he's probably not going to just he leave. Can't. Yeah, four huge years, contract. Four yeah. Years he can't. Or if, if I get tired of it and just go, like, you know what? We, like, bottom line, I'm tired of paying this guy. Or he forfeits his 33 mil. Well, I think they're. That's what they're. That's what they're just there. Because I think they said he gets 50% up front. He gets 50% at one point in time. And then but it's like 50%. the first two weeks of like the season. October, basically. It's like one and two. Yeah. So, like, I think I got like. It's been like. I've been watching. I've been watching first take and all this stuff. Like, channel them just to hear about this bullshit because they, they have all the fucking facts. And they're just like. And Stephen A was saying how, like, the Sixers are in a bad position because. All they can really do is cry to fucking Adam Silver, and then but, but I like what, what what Big Perk said. He was like, "What Ben Simmons saying? What he's doing is he's about to affect the rest of the players next CBA because the owners are going to put in a fucking clause like we don't want this shit no more right. because we're tired of these players." Eighty, even though New Orleans sat them for the whole entire year, that was on them. But like, still, these players come out and go, "I want to get traded." I'm not playing anymore. You're essentially like what Kendrick Perkins was essentially saying was the players have so much power and what Ben Simmons is doing is not being professional about it. Mm-hmm. You have someone like John Wall in Houston who doesn't want to Mutual. play, but, but he like the Houston Rockets and John Wall came out and said, we will be together until we can find a mutual Which is very partner. respectful. Exactly. Whereas Ben Simmons is basically saying, don't come to LA. I don't want to talk to you. Mm. And like, like I'm oh, not you like, oh, you call me. If I answer, I answer. Right, right. exactly. And so I you think, have that. I think you're going to, I think the CBA, when it comes up again, which obviously it's all, every single time it comes up, there's some new issue. It's not like, it's always new. Either there's a revenue split or it's this or it's that. It's always something. But I, I do think the owners are going to be like, you know what? We want some type of clause. That if you come out with this bullshit, we're not paying you. Yeah. Which, on their point of view, it makes fucking sense. Right. Like, I wouldn't want to pay somebody who wants to fucking leave when it's like, in the owner's point of view, is like, yo, we put a team around you. Right. We did what we want. We how did. many? How many? Like, we gave you a Jimmy Butler, you didn't like him. Like, granted, we gave you a JJ Redick, he didn't perform. We give you Tobias Harris. Like, we're giving we give we're, you Sakur. We're attempting to try. We're attempting to give you things that you can't do. We're the things you, you can't do is you can't shoot. So, we're going to fill up the roster with shooters. 
but you're like still not making a shot where you're right underneath the basket. And I think he was hurt. Like, let's be honest, he was hurt mm-hmm. when Joel B comes out and says, we have a guy who would rather like kick it out instead of going up for a lap. When Doc Rivers is asked, and now Doc Rivers is saying he was misconstrued, come out and saying, oh, do you think Ben Simmons can be a championship winning point guard? And you say, I don't know that question. I don't know how to answer that right now. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot that's going on in Philadelphia right now. We don't know the answer to it. The Sixers have a lot of drama. Is there anybody who can even trade for him? It's it's going to be a lot because you look at Dame, and I think I think Dame is one of those players who stays in Portland. I don't well, think he, he goes anywhere. He, he said again, like I want to come. Like shut the fuck up. Like, right, but like, it's it's tough. I think what the only because what the Warriors they got that phone call. Oh, you guys want what? Hold on one second. I put you hold real quick. Yeah, exactly. Like, like you guys want Wiggins. What Wiggins, uh, what's like the Wiseman, Wiseman, and, and then three want, first round. Uh, they picks? want they want two from this year, two from next year. Yeah, it's it's everything has to be straight up, but that's things they won't do it. Also, I think now teams go because what what Ben Simmons said, I'll sit the year. It's like and then like I think what I think what Jay Williams said, he said if I was the Sixers, I'd be like, all right, we're not going to pay you. Take the arbitration in a few years, right? Like we have money to wait. Do right. you? Exactly. Which is like again, that's why I think the CBA goes like you know what. Now the players go, hey, that's not fair for us. So it's going to be a fucking a miss of back and forth. But No, everything you do has to be straight up. Do you go and get Bradley Beal straight up? Can you go get, like, another, like, player straight up? Kyrie, that's another one. Like, do you but go get him? Said, uh, Durant won't. won't no, because Durant is, like, Kyrie's boy. Like, they're each other's boys. So the big question is what can you really do to go and get him? Now, something I think – I don't know how you would get him – like, I don't think you would give him up, but man, what if like, what if the Hornets got him? For who? Lamelo. Would you be willing to do straight up one for one? Oh, one for one. You get you know you're not getting shit for him anyways, and just like one for just, one. Just, just make sure the money works and you're good. Yeah, because the other thing, the so other. I guess what you would. So hold on. So basically, Sixers have to offer what Ben Simmons for Lamelo and give us your first round pick. And then in exchange, also give us we'll Tyrese, give, you, we'll give, give us Tyrese Maxey, and we'll give because you, and we'll throw in some fucking shit to make it make sense. Look at look at what happened with uh, Rich Paul. Would Jordan go for that? I I mean, you got that point guard. Then if you're Jordan, you're like, okay, we still got PJ Washington. Because okay, we, we got Terry Rozier. Because they're a very young team that they're on the cusp. They're on like they're, they're on, on the they're, cusp. Because also they're in the East, so like you could be like I think they might make a playoff. A playoff push. I'm not saying they might make the playoffs, but I can see them being in that mix, that ten, the, the eighth. Right. I can see that because I think Lamelo's gonna fucking jump to the next level because he is. He was fucking good. Like, he was he like, is. a fucking joke. Or you have to, you really have to look at it and go, what can we leverage and what can we get out of this in return if we're Philly? If we're Philly, we're giving up a guy who is really good, who is six ten, like. If he was playing right, he should be top ten player in the league. Right? Yeah, no doubt. He can defend. He's he can def- rebound. Defensive he just can't shoot. Yeah, and he, like he can pass. He's a like a good player, solid player and all around. Dude, I guess the Sixers have any first round. Like it's like, what do you? Because this motherfucker just straight said, "I will sit for the year." Yeah, I ain't coming back. No, it's it's a it's a golden and question. It, it makes you wonder, like, what is Rich Paul saying? Is like, like what is he saying to him? And obviously, it wasn't for Westbrook being Lakers. I would have thought, okay, Lakers probably gonna trade for him. But obviously Westbrook being there makes that completely no not happening. But it's just like I don't know what's gonna I'm very interested what's gonna happen with that. We still have what two weeks until this? Two weeks open 
opening day. So, so he probably won't get traded till the trade deadline if he doesn't play. But this still has a lot of room obviously to grow. You wouldn't buy out a player with a four year contract. That would be no, stupid. absolutely not. I, you you would never do that. It's the unless, same thing with the Wizards, like or not the Wizards, the Rockets with John Wall. They would never like do that. It's like unless Simmons goes like, I want out so bad. I'll take this to get the fuck out exactly. of here. Exactly. I'll go to Orlando like, and take I'll this. I'll take this to get the fuck out of here. Exactly. Like, no. You know, I'm very interested in what's happening with that one. It like, is interesting that you bring up Westbrook because the Lakers also held their media day. A lot of new faces first off, for the Lakers. wild. I mean. The picture, look, when he had, he had the white, Westbrook, Carmelo, Rondo, LeBron, AD in one picture. Like, obviously, we're assuming that even as of right now in all their, all their rows, Obviously not all first ballot. I think the White be first ballot. I was LeBron's first ballot. Carmelo, I guess technically, um, AD will probably be first ballot depending on who he goes up, who, who he retires with. How is he going first ballot? Well, it depends. I think it depends who he retires with. Like what's in his class with? Him. No, and, not in his class. Like what has he done now? Where he'll, he, he'll be there. A first ballot. He'll be first ballot. Right? By, how? By, by the time he's done. <laughs> by the time he's done, he'll be first ballot. <laughs> Dude, you can make a case for Dwight. You can make a case for Carmelo. AD is not a first ballot Hall of Famer right now. I say when he's done. <laughs> he has so, what, he so, has like four, four, five more years. How many times he's hurt? He'll, he'll be first. And then Rondo, he's not first round. I'm sorry, he's not first ballot. Second or third? He's not yeah. first ballot. Carmelo, you can make cases first ballot. Dwight is probably like second, third, maybe fourth. Rondo, probably second, third. Three time defensive player of the year in a row. Yeah, like he NBA champ, champion. Like he has, yeah. enough, his, I think his stats alone will put him Olympic champion. All that bullshit. There's a, there's a, I don't know, I like. I give you those two, but AD, we got to see because he's Rondo, been injured a lot. I'm thinking like third try in. They probably gain third try. Maybe. We'll have to see. Like Paul Pierce was first year. Kevin Garnett was first year. Ray Allen will probably be first year. So everyone from that 08 Celtics not team. Yet? Not yet. Oh, because he was. That's right. Yeah. So, but no, I think the thing about Lakers Day that caught my eye is you had all the new additions. Like you said, you got Westbrook, him and LeBron and AD are now calling themselves Team 360. You got Carmelo. You got Dwight. We have a monk and a nun. On the Lakers, but the best part, the best part about Lakers media day was Austin Revis, aka Hillbilly Kobe. Why do they call him that? Because he's just no, he calls himself that. He came out and he said at media day, I'm from Arkansas, they call me Hillbilly Kobe. So, Victor, since you're such a huge Kobe fan, Mm -hmm. you like this or don't like this? So, first off, he calls himself Hillbilly Kobe. Hillbilly Kobe, I think it's stupid as fuck. But whatever. Like, see, this is the thing is, I don't, I think this little hillbilly doesn't understand where the fuck he's at because, like, all right, that's cool. Call yourself that bullshit. But the second you get into the game and if you start fucking up, you go hear the booze immediately. LA's not playing that bullshit. Like, we're going to let you, all right, bro, hillbilly Kobe, okay. Only reason why nobody cares, like, okay, we'll see what we can do. Like, if you come out there, because first of all, you're essentially the new Caruso in our eyes. Like, yeah, basically. Team, basically, That's that's what it comes down to. It's racial. It's racial. It's racial as yeah. fuck. And as far as I thought, when they called him the bald eagle last year, that shit was, that's, some, that's niggas being mean as fuck. Like, yo, you a bald eagle, bro, because you, you fly and you bald. Yeah. And it's like, and we love Caruso. We love Caruso. Like, sad Caruso, to see Caruso go to Chicago. It was it was one of those things that you were like, you were sad, but you are like, get your money, bro. And hope you come back. Like, I'm okay with that one. Like, I'm yeah. okay. So, Hillbilly Kobe. Austin Reeves, right? Yeah. Austin Reeves. I love it. I think now he knows he's in L.A., as you said. So you're like, oh, yeah, L.A. is not going for this. I think it's smart. This yeah. is how you it's market so yourself. But that, but this thing is like, you gamble yourself, bro. I like that. But, but my thing is like, how often is he going to get in the game? 
That's he's not gonna get in the game often. And let's think about it. Okay, I'm from Arkansas. I'm is calling he, myself. Is he signed with it? Like, I'm calling myself the Hillbilly Kobe. What show is based off that? The Beverly Hills Hillbillies. Yeah, boom, marketing idea. That's super smart. Austin Rivas, like, way to go, way to go out there. Like, I'm happy for you. Because you're going to have a lot of people who have big personalities on this team. Oh, and you're probably not going to get that much PT. So, since you're not getting that much playing time. Like, I hope you can uh, carry water bottles, bro. Hey, either that or get ready for the G I will League. I do it for you. Right. Because I would be like, right. I'll carry the water for you. It's right. It's a lot of personality on this team. But and there's a lot of guys who are pr- try- trying to prove themselves. Like, when we go back to the Mellow first, like, ballot Hall of Famer, if Mellow wins a ring with the Lakers this year. I think that pushes over the top. No, I mean, he would have one in college at Syracuse, mm-hmm. one and done, one national championship, multiple Olympic gold medals, and he would have an NBA Finals championship. Mm-hmm. Like, absolutely, that puts him over the top. But then you got someone like a Kendrick Nunn. He signs with Clutch Sports earlier this week. You're talking about someone who was undrafted, who goes to Miami. He got his bag. Malik Monk was out of the league at one point for substance abuse. Now he's back. He's Locked got something to prove. Like, Dwight. And he's around. And the worst point was in those two, all these young kids, they're around some of the, the, the greatest players the past 15 years. Right. And then you got Westbrook coming out and saying, like, it was reported that the GM of the Wizards asked him, like, hey, we know you want to come back. We know you want to be in L.A. Which one is it? If we get you the Lakers and Westbrook's like, I want to play for the Lakers. Well, what if the, we get you the Clippers? And he says, quote, hell no. Nah. And that's the thing. It's like he's got something to prove being from L.A. and playing at UCLA. He has so much. To, it's, Westbrook has that. Unfortunately, he has that, that tainted thing like you can't win with him. That's what he has like that. Like, oh, Westbrook is good, but he can't win. Right, he's always going to have. Always been, he's always had that stat chaser. Oh, he's a stat chaser, triple selfish, take shots, bad shot selection. Yeah, but can he win it all? And I like how he came out. And he said, "My goal is to push AD every single game." And he straight said, "There is no reason why AD should not be as, be better than than Giannis." Yeah, because AD is better than Giannis. I would say when he's healthy. I mean, when but he's Giannis. Plays harder. Giannis practice, whereas you're talking about someone like Anthony Davis who came in and was just naturally gifted as the number one overall pick. Giannis had to work for that. And work we, from the streets of fucking Greece. Well, no, I'm saying work league. on his game once he got to the league. Everyone said, like, the huge joke about Giannis was like, he ain't got no turnaround, hezzy, like, jumper. And it's like, well, we saw him in that game six in Milwaukee so when they won. So it was disgusting how he was making his free throws. He was hitting his threes. Shots. But you're right. He was actually there. He's a back-to-back MVP. That's what I'm saying. Like, mm-hmm. if you're putting their Hall of Fame resumes right now, Giannis gets in before AD right now. Back-to-back yeah, well, he, he back led, to back MVP. Let his team to the finals. Let his team to the finals. And he stayed with them. Like, I don't even think it's the stay with them that, care, like, that no, people care that, about. That adds into it. It could, but it, it definitely it makes it it makes it feel. Cause no, why? Like when Giannis wanted how he wanted, you're like, I'm happy for him because he yeah. stayed there. He he could have he even said like I could have left a long time ago if I wanted to, right? But, but I, I wanted to fucking they they drafted me. Fuck him, let's do it. Yeah, so I think when you talk about Anthony Davis sitting out in New Orleans, like that's games that he was, missed, but that's games New he Orleans missed. Sat him out. No, no, okay, New Orleans sat him out, and he wore that shirt that said "That's all, folks." But then you look, that does, like, hurt his stats at yes. some point, and he's always hurt. Oh, he lost fucking half a season on stats. So, I'm saying, it could be a whole thing with Anthony Davis. I'm just going to give you on that one. But we're going to stick it out late because currently we're watching my Padres lose to the Dodgers. They're losing 7-3. 
And last night was just an embarrassment. But before we get to that, Victor and I actually went to our first baseball game ever. Which is wild that we can say that. Known this man since the fourth grade, and I didn't realize it was our first baseball game of all time. And, and of course, it was a Dodger. Dodger Padre game. In LA. In LA. Uh, it should have been in San Diego. Should have been in San Diego. We were supposed to go, but then the pandemic happened. Uh, really crowded. Uh, mass mandate in effect. No one was no one was Bro, listening I to think, the mass I swear mandate. We put we wore a mask walking in. That's what they should write off. Oh yeah. And and let's just talk about this. Victor and I met in downtown around five thirty. Yeah. We didn't get to our seats until the national anthem for a seven ten game. Yeah. That's how long it took to get there. That's how long it took for us to get there. But we had a really good time. It was good, like just great. We had what? The chili dogs, which I do chili dogs were good. I do not recommend. Dumb shits hurt my stomach bad. Like super bad. It was but it was good. They were pretty good. But they used nacho cheese, so I wasn't a fan of that. That's why I got no cheese. Yeah, but like let me ask you. You're being a dick like you being a dick, but you're like, I don't really fuck cheese, bro. No, I was being I was being an asshole and I you know what? That's karma. Because I'm being an asshole right now. And as I'm speaking, Corey Seager comes up here and hits another solo home run. It's his second solo home oh, run. Oh, your phone's getting it first. Yeah, it's his second solo home run of the game. So there it goes. Oh, no, it's a foul ball. We'll get to the next pitch. But, no, when you look at it, I had a great time. It was a lot of fun. Got to see a lot of my uh, coworkers up there. But, oh, my God, Victor, we got to get to a game in San Diego because as much as I love, I say that very sarcastically, no, Dodger I Stadium. I want to go to stadiums. Petco, Petco is fun. Really speaking, I went on for baseball. I can only see myself going to Anaheim's and yep. San Diego's. Not Arizona. Why would I ever be in Arizona for a baseball game? I mean, wouldn't you just be in Arizona to go visit? Yeah, but I wouldn't be going. I would. So, so the thing is, if I'm visiting somewhere, you have to like really convince me before the trip to go to a baseball game. You know what I mean? Because like, why would I want to do that? But then it's just like, but like last night's game. I was watching that shit, and I could not fucking believe it. I was just like, why can we be at that game? It's like, these motherfuckers were down, what was it, six to nine? And then out of nowhere, home run. Oh, shit, solo. Home run. Oh, shit, solo. Home run. Oh, shit, they're tied nine to nine right now. And then fucking two-shot homer for 11 to nine. Like, whoever bet the over on that one was like, let's fucking go. Because, like, I know there's prop bets about like, probably how many home runs they're going to hit in one game. No one's going to I mean, 20, 20 runs in a game is uh, crazy for baseball. But let me just say this, because when you look at the Padres, the Padres were six games back of the Dodgers for that set second that first wild card once All-Star break happened. They will probably finish with a record that's below 500. And all I'm going to say is this. A.J. Preller did not do the best that he could during the trade deadline. He was trying to move Eric Hosmer. It didn't work. Then you have them like, like just whiffing on Scherzer, but not only whiffing on Max Scherzer, you whiff on Max Scherzer. He comes to the Dodgers, the Nationals, who just were a bleeping fire sale, give him trade Turner also to the Dodgers, who just adds more speed, more versatility, more someone who can play in the outfield, in the infield. The Dodgers are stacked. They already have one of the best pitching staffs in the league. AJ Preller is just as much to blame. As Jace Tangler. However, did you have injuries though? Jace Tangler. The only person that was injured was Tatis. But isn't he like one year better? No, he's in MVP. He will probably win in MVP this year. How many games did he miss? He missed about 20, 25. But the biggest thing you got to look at is Jace Tangler did not know how to manage 
this year with his starting pitching rotation. The starting pitching was not good. Blake Snell, you Darvish, all those guys were not as good as they could have been in previous years. So what do you do? The seat is hot underneath your ass, so you fire someone else. So you fire Larry Rothschild, your pitching coach, and next thing you know, you bring in someone who's inexperienced, and then your bullpen, which was the best bullpen of all the major leagues, blows up, and you bring in Emilio Pagan. You're playing the Cardinals <laughs> on the road. You had to win at least two of the three in St. Louis. St. Louis was and still is the hottest team in Major League Baseball, and what do you do? You're up. And you bring in Amelia Pagan. And you leave him in too long, too many times. You see him give up three home runs in one inning. You then let him give up a double before you say, uh, I should pull him. So Jace Tingler, not a fan, if you can tell by my tone. They never should have hired you. They never should have hired Andy Green, going back to the previous manager, if we're being honest. They should have hired Dave Roberts, who was part of Bud Black's staff, who lives in La Jolla. But you didn't want to do that. So A.J. Preller, Jace Tingler, you took something so beautiful, something so exciting, Slam Diego, and all that excitement is now falling flat in the city of San Diego. So that's my rant. <laughs> you're doing even more to hire people from the Texas Rangers, which I don't know why you're doing that when Jace Tingler just came from there. Now you're hiring someone to be like your director. It just makes no sense. So all I'm going to say is I don't like when people lose their jobs. This is one of the times where I'm saying you should lose your jobs. I'm not saying lose your job. Work somewhere else. Exactly. So, Victor, that that's just my rant. So let me just let me just get over that. Let me just get over that. Okay. Uh, but before we do, uh, <laughs> before we move on, Victor, make sure you put one minute on the clock. Okay, the time. Put one minute on the clock. We're gonna do our Marvel minute. All right, hold on. <laughs> I'm a little upset. I'm a little hyped up right now. It might be these strawberry, these uh, lime daiquiris we're drinking. <laughs> they're they're really heavy in sugar right now. Okay, so I'm gonna count down. Five. Four, three, two, one. All right. So, look, I watched episode eight of What If, the new Marvel series on Disney+. Plus. Got to say, this episode was full of things that you need to watch out for. So, if you watch episodes, episodes one through seven, you're thinking like, oh, they're not really connected. Episode eight. Episode eight. What if Ultron had won? was connected to everything. So, it shows the watcher who's able to watch the whole multiverse. He sees the usually good vision is now Ultron. And Ultron has all these superpowers. He's destroyed the entire world, or at least our world. But then he's able to break through and go to the second dimension and see the Watcher watching him and sees all these other multiverses that he can control. So at the end of the episode, spoiler, he sees the evil Doctor Strange that we saw earlier in the season. Now the big question is, Multiverse of Madness, Doctor Strange, has this tie into it? It's going to be crazy. Go and watch episode 8. It was pretty dope. I'm talking to you, Logan Lee. It was pretty good. Uh, but no, Victor. You had three seconds left. Uh, the big, I, I got it out. It was probably good. We'll put a timer on there. The big thing for me, though, is there's a really good story here on the West Coast. I want to make sure we get to it. If you guys haven't been paying attention to Bruce Beach in Manhattan Beach, mm-hmm. highly suggest you Google it. The LA Times did a really good story about it. Essentially, what happened was in the early 1900s here in Southern California in Manhattan Beach, there was the Bruce family who owned a beach in Manhattan Beach. When Manhattan Beach started becoming a little bit more popular with tourists, they got kicked out. And how they got kicked out was they owned a very successful bed and breakfast. The KKK tried to kick them out. It did not work. They stood perfectly pat. Then what happened was the residents of Manhattan Beach put together laws and put together you know, all these things that happened in the Bruce family lost their beach over the last year it's become a really big story within the country especially here for us in california earlier today 
California governor, who wasn't recalled, Gavin Newsom, signed into, uh, uh, signed into law SB 763, where he basically is giving ownership back to the Bruce family and giving them essentially restitution or reparations for what they lost. And I just think this is the coolest move possible because this is how people want to talk about what can you do for people. This is what you can do. You can read the story. You can figure out if this was wrong. I know there are a lot of people out there who probably disagree, but I got to say I love this. This was fantastic to me um, when I when I hear this story because it shows this is what we should be doing as a nation. Well, also, he also signed SB 12, which is the Kenneth Ross Jr. bill, which pretty much essentially says if a police officer gets fired in the state of California for like wild misconduct, like obviously like shooting someone like that, he can be decertified. So, I mean, he can't go from L.A. County or the sheriff's and go to San Gabriel Valley and say work with them. I think we're only we're like we were only one of like six states that didn't do this shit still, and now I'm not sure when it gets officially enacted. Probably January first or whatever it is. Right. But he signed that as well. Right. Well, no, that's that's really cool. But I think the Manhattan Beach story is huge because this is how you start. You got a complaint from the family. It got groundswell train news coverage from the L.A. Times and with other press cover like press coverage because John uh, John Oliver on last week tonight on HBO did a whole bunch of stuff about it. And now their family is owning that property back. I think that's the biggest thing. Mm-hmm. We're not talking about like people who own property and then we're forced to give it up based on something like so arbitrary against a government that was stacked against them. So when we talk about systemic racism, this is how you turn the tide against that. This is how you uh, right the wrongs. Uh, yeah. And I'm not saying that like it's going to happen everywhere, but this is how you kind of get closer and closer to that. So that's a huge shout out to Gavin Newsom. And we, we have to see how this creates because the best line I saw was you had so many residents in Manhattan Beach who would say things like, it's not a racist community. This is a black guy. Shit. This is a black guy in our city. We would never live here if it's racist. But then you look up and you say, huh, there's only 0.5% black people that live in Manhattan Beach. Who knows that number also, is higher if like, you never lose that like bread that, breakfast. That, like that, that explanation is like, yeah, you might not be. But fucking 40 years ago, you weren't here, nigga. Like, exactly. That's the reason why niggas ain't here. Because first off, I've been to Orange County. I've been to those areas. And it's it's hard for you to tell me. Like I don't like people telling me, like, oh, I'm not racist. Like, just because you don't think you are, you don't you didn't grow up with other people with other races. It's not, you know, it's not you being racist. That's not the thing. I think that's what people are getting convoluted. Like, yeah. the city of Manhattan Beach, like, which is technically, like, I don't even know if it's L.A. County, but technically... It's like that, one of those border places that... Well, I mean, because it's, it's like Manhattan Beach, Hermosa Beach, Redondo Beach. Yeah. That's where... Because I think you don't really leave until L.A. County, until you get to Long Beach. But when you look at places, like, you're not racist, but this is how you're benefiting from systemic racism. And you don't really care enough to, like, turn the tide. This is at least a step in the direction of turning the tide and taking a look at LA it and going... County. It is L.A. County. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, that's a huge deal. Um, and yeah, you're right. This could spread the opportunities for more things, but we have to see if, because I'm assuming Manhattan Beach is going to pay a lot of money to try to get that land back. Well, probably, well, technically, it'd be L.A. County probably pay it, or, or they probably have some fucking slush fund to do that shit. Like, yeah. Like, this, like the money, is, these motherfuckers have it. Like, they're fucking bullshit. Also, the question is, like, how much are they talking? Because, like, you had a bad breakfast. Obviously, at the time when they had it, that wasn't necessarily prime real estate as it is now. Like now, that same property probably costs $30, 40000000 million. Right, exactly. So, so like, how do you, like, obviously the family has it back is good, but like, what, you give them the land back, but then it's like, that's kind of fucked up because, like, 
if you just gave me some land, like, what am I going to do with it? Like, I have to lease it to someone or someone's going to come in and fucking... You develop stuff. it. And I, I love yeah, it. Yeah, but that takes money that I don't have. You know what I mean? Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, but you can always figure it out. You still have land. Like, that's the big thing. It's like, if you have skin in the game, that's still going to get you somewhere. You have to lease it out to someone. Why? If I own it? Well, because it's because I own it. I mean, I don't know what to do with it. Okay, figure it out. <laughs> like, yeah, like that's like, I mean, if you gave me a million dollars, I'd be like, like, I don't know what to do with it, but I'll figure it yeah, out. But like, you say like, you're, not, you're gonna deal with fucking like real estate vultures trying to take your shit from you. Okay, and that's when you figure it out. Like, that's when you try to fight for everything you have. <laughs> like, you can Google some stuff and figure out like, hey, how can I get someone who's like inept to this property in terms of lawyers and be like, hey, how, what can I do? How can you help me? Maybe I not I don't own it, but how can I pass it along to someone who knows what to do with it and then get a piece of what they do? So not really release it out, but Put say it to a trust. Like, hey, like boom. It didn't take you that long to figure it out. Before we go, is there there's a rant you want to get out, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There's one rant. So oh my fucking god, where's this nigga at? So this nigga, who was a Democrat, Democratic Senator, Senator Richard Blumenthal. This motherfucker, so it was it, it came out recently that Obviously, social media has a negative effect on mental men, men, uh, mental um, health on teenagers. Correct, which, specifically teenage girls. Well, it was the test. Like, the, the study was based around that. They had how they showed how body image and all that kind of bullshit. Since we were even fucking new, right? We knew that it's official. So they had like a, like a congressman meeting with the, with the, the safety security officer. It's like a Senate hearing on Facebook. This senator looked her dead in the eye through the fucking screen and said, "How do you guys stop Finstas?" Now, for you guys who don't know, a Finsta is, te- is by definition, it's slang for like a fake Instagram. So, example, if I had a Finsta, it would be essentially a blocked, a, a closed off page where I would only allow my actual friends on. So, let's say I had 200 friends. Yeah, I have like, like 2,000 followers, give or take. Now, I don't want them all following my real shit, so I only let my actual friends, which would probably be like 15, 20 people, only, on that page, private. That's a Finsta, technically. Right. This nigga was like, how do you guys stop that? And she had to explain to him, we can't necessarily stop a Finsta because somebody made that for their own privacy. And he didn't get that. And this goes to my fucking point on how this man was born in 1946. He's two years younger than my grandma. Now, I love my grandma, but she has no business running politics mm-hmm. because clearly he is out of touch. Yep. And this and these are the kind of people who make our laws. Like this man is seventy something years old, making laws for people who are eighteen, twenty, fifteen, sixteen, and young ages that he clearly is not adapt to and understand what the fuck they're going through and that is an issue that we have to solve because these motherfuckers should not be seven years old running the country it makes no sense and most of them are all hitting that age now where they're up in their twilight years they should not i I get it you you have probably been a great senator in the past you might have passed some great things for your state and for the country i'm not gonna disregard any of that but i do believe it's time for you to let that shit go and somebody, because his the other senator in his state is only forty three years old, right? Which is he's a Democrat, so I guess I might ride with him a little. But I don't know his politics, so I don't know what he does. But I respect somebody who's forty years old over someone who's seventy because they can relate more to me and my actual causes that are going on today, right? And 
I'll believe it there because that's a bullshit. But, but I think the biggest thing for me is when I look at that, I just go back to 2018, mm-hmm. where it was Senator Orrin Hatch, who was yes. from Utah, who I believe has since re- retired since then. Mm-hmm. He was talking to Mark Zuckerberg, head of Facebook, and he asked, quote, so how do you sustain a, a business model in which users don't pay for your service? Quote, <laughs> Mark Zuckerberg responded, Senator, we run ads with a smirk. So essentially, you had Orrin Hatch, I believe this committee during this hearing was led by Chuck Grassley, someone else who was in, well into their 80s, who were trying to figure out this new communication stuff when they're not actually knowing mm-hmm. like social media and all the effects on it. So they really don't have any way to dissuade them from doing it. It's, it's kind of like, I, this is going to sound really mean, it's almost like when a young kid puts spam on their grandparents' computer mm-hmm. and really be like, oh, I don't know where that came from. It, that's what they're essentially yeah. doing because they know their Senate committees aren't going to be able to figure it out because we don't have the people, which this leads to, like, what we're talking about also leads to the age-old question, should we have Senate, like, limits, age limits in well, our Congress? In Congress, no. in all, yeah, all saying, House politicians or yeah. should be limited by age. Like, you're saying, cal- like, you're saying governors, mayors. I, I, I think there is no fucking, I guess the mayors, you can argue with that one, but I don't think any person who's running the fucking country should be 70 years old. So you're talking about Trump, Biden, both. Biden should not be president <laughs> at right. all. Like his his age, there's no fucking reason why. First off, you're the fucking president. Like so you're Bernie to... Sanders, same thing. Yes. Okay. Now, there we Grant, go. I get it. And my I am 100 across board with all of them. Like, listen, what Bernie says, what Bernie does, he clearly wants the best. But just because you're not a politician, a lot of people aren't politicians that still make moves behind closed doors. Right. And we all know that you have these like essentially the worst part about government is like you have we'll call a number out. You have maybe really they're talking like 300, 400 people who run essentially the world. And by saying I'm saying number only because this. you have 50 in the Senate. Obviously, you have 100 in the Senate. You have what 435 in Congress and, and, and House. The House yeah. And then you have the president like that. But then you have lobbyists and you have CEO groups like Amazon. And them They who who put their money in these fools' pockets, who make these laws. That's why, right. I, that's they're, why I call them They're more powerful than they're actually That's why people. I call the number like 200 people because of the Fortune companies. No, you're also talking about like when you look at like Mnuchin or you look at yes. cinema in Arizona and they're like, hey, why don't you guys want but this infrastructure bill? Paying. Yeah, because it's like, oh, because you have pharmaceutical companies like in your back and pocket giving essentially, you Essentially, those 400 people, call 400 people, call 400, they technically run the world in a sense because they, right. they push policies, they push fucking Well, that's your, that's, that's 400 in the United States. Well, I'd say it's I what would, you're claiming. I would say most of the United States, but some are obviously foreign countries too. I mean, no, you mean China's in there, like people who because you have foreign oil. You have, you have like you have a lot of. I was thinking more of the technology thing. No, no, technology. So, for example, I'll say right now, like um, Elon Musk, he has a real big beef with Mexico's government right now because they're sitting on one of the biggest fucking deposits of lithium, which obviously his cars need. Right, and they have one. And the thing is, where his lithium is sitting at. It's like a drug quarterway. It's like the drug highway. Like there's, that's where everybody knows the cartels move the drugs through that area. So no one's going there. Like China is trying to get in there, but like every time somebody goes over there trying to try to dig, the cartels come in and it's just too dangerous. Okay. Still, where are you getting all this from? <laughs> oh, so I read. I do. I do a lot of reading, bro. Okay. Where reading. where are the sources that? Oh, are- no, so I was looking up. Uh, <laughs> I was looking up stock. I was looking up stocks for for lithium, and I came across this like it's, I'll find a website I'll, I'll say uh, post it's, it. it though, it's like an actual register like New York Times shit like it's not like some like 
fifth page on Google search. Uh, I found it on, on Trump. I'm just, I mean, no, I'm just saying, like, yeah. is this like you with the aluminum foil hat on talking no. about, like, oh, no, no I found like, it. No, this is, this, is eh. this is all real. Like, lithium is, like, lithium is uh, is serious out here because that's the new frontier. Because I, I invest into a lot of lithium um, stocks. Gotcha. Okay, well, there you go. If you want lithium stocks, go to Mexico and fight the cartel. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Victor, before we get out of here, tell everyone where they can find the show and where they can find you. Okay, so, again, remember, y'all, you can find the show at the Eros Podcast. That's T-H-E. E-R-O-S-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. Twitter, Instagram, Twitch, YouTube, probably Facebook. I don't fucking know. Look it up. You can find it. You can find me at V-I-C underscore G-W-4-O-3-Ds. Twitter, Instagram, fucking TikTok on the clock. Let's go. Uh, you can find me on all platforms at Chillin' with Kurt. That's Twitter, Instagram. I am on TikTok. I'm not really a fan of it, but I haven't figured it out. That's probably why. Um, but make sure you check it out because we've been making some uh, really cool, interesting drinks on there. If you guys are a huge fan of James Bond, like I'm a huge fan of James Bond, uh, I was gifted during the pandemic a book where it includes every drink that James Bond has inquired throughout the series. Uh, I'll make them for you, show them how to make them. Tonight was a daiquiri, lime daiquiri. It was actually very, very good. I was surprised about how good it was. And it was shaking, so it took a lot of arm muscle. So check out for those videos coming soon. Um, and also make sure you guys get vaccinated and make sure you guys follow us on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Twitch, which we just started. Probably do another live stream coming up here in the next week or so. And make sure you share. And, uh, again, always slide into our DMs. Ask any questions you want. Mm-hmm. We might give you guys a shout-out on the show. But we appreciate you guys listening. Uh, and we'll see you guys sometime next week. Wear a mask.